What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. Hey, Slider Crusaders, welcome back to Road to Midterms. If you're uh, listening to this on the podcast, Politics by Faith, I sound different. I sound different because this is the last segment of the TV show that we do, Road to Midterms. Uh, if you're watching this on the TV, Road to Midterms, and you're wondering, why are you talking about this podcast? I'm very confused, Slider. The podcast is called Politics by Faith. I'll just give you the very short of it. Uh, a lot of anxiety in our country. I feel it, my wife feels it, all my friends feel it, everyone I know feels a lot of anxiety. So I wanted to address that. Because one way you could do is you could just avoid politics completely. But that's not wise. I don't think that's a good idea necessarily because this matters, this is important. So what we do is we take a, a story that causes anxiety, we provide historical perspective to it, and then some biblical peace at the end so that you can go to sleep at night. That's, that's the point of the podcast. And it's been a great success so far. We've been doing it for about a month or so. So if you're watching on the TV, please go download it and subscribe and, uh, and enjoy. So these are just shorter versions of that. We go into much greater detail on the podcast, but let's do uh, a little bit of one right here. The DA, the district attorney of Philadelphia, his name is Larry Krasner. He's one of these George Soros funded DAs. Now, what do I mean by that? Because that's like quite an accusation. Oh, he's like a very conspiratorial. George Soros, far left guy, political activist, very rich, billions of dollars. He wanted criminal justice reform. So he would spend millions of dollars to elect congressmen to try to get them to enact laws in DC, change the criminal justice system. Took a ton of money and then you get someone elected and they go to DC and they're one of 435 congressmen and nothing ever gets done and you gotta do it every two years. So it was a huge investment and he didn't see a lot of return. So George Soros noted that there are these district attorney races that people vote on as well. District attorneys are people who are elected on behalf of law-abiding people to prosecute criminals, right? So I, I, I can't prosecute criminals, so I'm gonna hire a DA. They're gonna prosecute the bad guys on behalf of me. And he noticed that no one spends any money on these races in big cities. And local DAs have a ton of discretion to which laws they prosecute and which they don't. Because they have a limited budget, limited amount of time, limited amount of uh, uh, people to prosecute. So they have to make decisions. Are we gonna uh, prosecute a little more of this and then we need a little less of this? So they have a lot of discretion that he, could, knew, he knew that he could use to his advantage. So George Soros spent millions of dollars in these races that normally are like 50 grand. Spent millions of dollars electing these woke DAs who implemented their criminal justice reform to his liking. Reform like don't arrest anyone who breaks into cars or carjacks, meaning there's people in the car. 
You know, they must really need the money. Don't arrest people for robbery. Don't charge people for anything, really. It's only their first arrest or third or twelfth. And then crime goes up and your life is worse. That's it. DAs, small investment, huge returns for George Soros. That's a fact, what I just shared there. That's not a partisan analysis. That's an absolute fact of, of what's happening here. And you've seen all the videos and everything. You, you know the problem, the fruit. In 2021, back to Philadelphia. Philadelphia set an all-time record for homicides, 562 homicides. Since 2015, only 21% of shootings in Philadelphia have led to criminal charges. 21% of shootings have led to criminal charges. That's the fruit of what he has created, he being George Soros and this Philadelphia district attorney specifically. Now, this DA is not up for election. He, he was elected in 2021. He won his election 70 to 30, by the way. So the people of Philadelphia got exactly what they voted for, good and hard. But Philadelphia is in Pennsylvania, and they have a big Senate and governor's race. And one of the top issues, as we've been talking about all show, is crime. And this DA in Philadelphia is not prosecuting it. Now, when a Republican says that, here's his response. In a superheated election cycle, where part of the Republican playbook, as you well know, is to point a finger at large, diverse cities and say large, diverse cities are lawless. Does that remind you of anything? Has, have you ever heard that before? He called it similar to the, the Southern strategy that Republicans used back in the day to uh, scare you. But look at all these black people. These black people are committing crimes. You don't want black people near you committing crimes, do you? It's called the Southern strategy. What we see here is the same old playbook, which is about coded and racist messaging. It's about blaming the biggest city in Philadelphia with the most diverse population for having the same national struggle that we have with gun violence everywhere, right? So his point is, if a Republican says crime is bad in Philadelphia, they're being racist. They're being racist through dog whistles. What you're really saying is black people are committing crime. And that's racist for you to even say that or notice that or think that's bad. Now, you can look at the numbers to figure out who is committing the crimes. My bigger concern, and it's interesting that the Democrats don't share this concern, is who are the victims of crime. I could tell you that 75% of all criminals are black in Philadelphia. If I told you that, I'd be racist, according to this district attorney. But what am I when I tell you that in Philadelphia, 75% of all crime victims are black. What am I now? Now what does that make me? Are you with me on the difference? If I say that 75% of criminals are black, oh, look at that Slater guy, he's a racist. But what if I tell you that 75% of all crime victims are black? Now what? Whether it's, uh, whether it's victims of major crimes, like a 29-year-old woman who was in her backyard got shot by a stray bullet from a drive-by shooting, for instance, or a 14-year-old boy going to football practice murdered, for instance, or a 17-year-old girl out walking her dog, or a nine-year-old murdered in a drive-by. I found those stories after about six seconds of Googling. Last weekend, this guy fired a, a gun into a crowd, just missed. A mom and her infant, just missed her. 
Last weekend, 16 people were shot, one killed. All black. Ooh, what do I mean all black? Who is black? Oh, Slater, racist messaging. You're saying all the criminals are black? I don't know. I don't care. All the victims were. You get my point, right? I could care less about the skin color of the criminals. They should all be behind bars. I care more about the skin color of the victims. But I'm the racist, I guess. 75% of all people shot in Philadelphia are black men. 75% of all people shot in Philadelphia are black men. 85% of those uh, who are murdered in Philadelphia are black. But black people are only 41% of the city's population. Right? So 41% of the city's population, but 85% of those who are murdered. Huh. Let me get even more detailed. Black men between the ages of 15 to 34, so young black men, are 2% of the nation's population. So young black men are 2% of the nation's population. 2%. But 85% of those who are murdered in Philadelphia are young black men. That's a very disparate outcome. Now, I'm told by Ibram X. Kendi and all the other modern race baiters like him that any disparate outcome is by definition proof of racism. So we have a big disparate outcome here. Who's the racist here? Me? Disparate outcome, let me define that. So here's some other examples. Black people are 12% of the American population. So they would say that 12% of millionaires need to be black or 12% of the corporate boardroom needs to be black, right? And that's not the case, so therefore the system is racist against black people. Any disparate outcome means the system is racist. And it goes the other way too. If 12% of the population is black, but 35% but of the prison system is black, that's a disparate outcome, therefore the justice system is racist, right? We have a disparate outcome, therefore there's racism, and there's racism everywhere. That's the whole social justice thesis. So my point here is that there is a disparate outcome of crime victims. So by their definition, the people who are in charge of punishing and preventing crime, that's the left's definition of racism, not mine. The people who are in charge of punishing and therefore preventing crime, they have on their hands a disparate outcome. They're racist. But he says, you are. You with me? Usually the race activists only focus on the people who commit crimes and say, oh, look, there's a disproportionate number of murderers who are black, therefore that's proof of your racism, and how dare you even point that out, like this DA says in, in Philadelphia. But what about the disproportionate number of murder victims? What does that make the people who are in charge of preventing and punishing crime? Does that make them racist? No one focuses on that. Let me leave with this. I'll give you one more reason why the left doesn't enforce the law, and I mean the left that's just a worldview of people who are on the progressive side. One reason why they don't enforce the law. Uh, we talk about this in great detail. We haven't done so much on the podcast. We'll have to do it again one day. But we talk about the progressive worldview when it comes to criminals. And they believe that criminals are victims. Criminals are victims of poverty. They're victims of circumstance, victims of the system, capitalism, victims of racism, whatever it is. They're victims. And victims can't be blamed for anything. Nothing is their fault. They're victims of the system. That's the very short of their worldview on crime. But there's something else here too, something spiritual at play. They don't believe in the law. There's a whole group of people in our country who don't believe in the law. What do I mean? The, God's law. They don't believe in God's law. What do I mean? So the gospel. The gospel means the good news. The gospel means nothing if you don't have the law first. Most people don't think they need to be saved because they don't think they're drowning. They don't think they're breaking any law. 
So in the Bible, the law is essential because you need to know how often you break it. For instance, the law says, do not murder. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Jesus then comes and says, hey, I'm not here to abolish the law. I'm here to fulfill it. And he made the law impossible to keep. So you can say, hey, I don't murder anyone. That's great. I'm keeping the commandment. But Jesus says, no, you can't even have anger in your heart. If you have any anger in your heart, then you've broken the law and you've committed murder. Now, you're supposed to hear that and be like, well, that's impossible. Yes, I know. That's the point. Have you ever lied? Good. Of course you have. Have you ever stolen? Have you ever had a lustful thought? Yes, you're a sinner. So now that you know how much of a sinner you are, which most people will never want to be confronted with, then you realize you need a savior. You need to be saved from your sentence of breaking the law. And that is Jesus. He paid the consequences for you. Jesus is the good news. That is what gospel means. I didn't make that up just now. That's how the story goes. That's it. That's the deal. That's Christianity. Now, one way to reject Jesus is to say, I'm perfect just the way I am. I don't need you. I'm not drowning. I don't sin. I was born good, which is what most people believe. Most people believe they're born good. Most people believe most people are good. Uh, or at least I'm better than that guy. I don't break the law. Therefore, I don't need to be saved. So this person ends up ignoring God's law entirely. And after a lifetime, of, and a, not only a lifetime, but a, but a whole worldview of ignoring God's law, why even have man's law either? Why follow any laws? All laws are bad. All laws are mean. They're just mean. Because that implies judgment. And I'm not supposed to judge. I don't want to judge. All laws are mean. And the highest moral value is to be nice. So let's not have any laws anymore. That's their worldview. That's their worldview. Why have any laws? Can't hold anyone accountable to anything. We, conservatives, on the other hand, believe in law. God's and man's. Psalm 82 says, defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. This applies to all victims of crime, no matter your skin color, black or white. So why is the DA of Philadelphia so racist? By their definition, it seems reasonable to conclude. Just like Kanye West did about George W. Bush after Hurricane Katrina, that this DA just doesn't care about black people. If you're listening to the podcast, please give us a subscribe and leave a five-star review. Just one sentence is all we need. We've got to get to a thousand five-star reviews to break through. And if you're on the TV, please head over there and uh, subscribe as well. And we'll see you back here tomorrow on Road to Midterms. We're going to focus on the Pennsylvania Senate and Governor's race. Spread the word.